Welcome to the WP Builds Podcast, bringing you the latest news from the WordPress community. Now, welcome your hosts, David Wormsley and Nathan Wrigley. Hello there, hello there, and welcome to the WP Builds Podcast once again. This is episode 92, entitled, Do Higher Prices Mean Better Clients? It was published on Thursday, the 6th of September, 2018. My name's Nathan Wrigley from pictureandword.co.uk, a small web development agency based in the north of England, and I'll be joined in a little moment by David Wormsley from davidwormsley.com. Just a couple of things to say. Please, 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 if you feel that the, this podcast adds value or you like it, we'd really appreciate you going over to the wpbuilds.com website where you can click the buttons. I think probably the most helpful one, as I say most weeks, is the iTunes one because Apple seems to have the lion's share of podcasting market, but there's Google Play and there's a whole bunch of other things. But leaving a review on iTunes is incredibly helpful. Thank you so much to everybody who has, in fact, done that. Other things to mention, if you go to wpbuilds.com forward slash subscribe, you can find yourself uh, in front of a panel of many, many buttons and you can get on our into our Facebook group, on our mailing list and messenger chat. And there's a whole bunch of stuff, but uh, it's just various ways that we can keep in touch with you and tell you when we've got stuff coming on. The other one is wpbuilds.com forward slash deals where you can find 20% off toolkit, 25% off main WP, 20% off Blog Vault and Malcare, 25% off Erin Flynn's Unstoppable Courses, and 80% off Block Party. And uh, hopefully we'll get some more of those lined up for you in the future. And lastly, wpbuilds.com forward slash webinars. We've got a couple of webinars coming up in September. So this month, one with Corey Mass, who's got Kanban WP, and one with Arindo Duque, who's got WP Ultimo. I'd really appreciate it if you want to come along and test out our new webinar platform. That would be great. Okay, let's get stuck into it properly. Oh, no, no, let's not. Just quickly, just before we start, uh, there is actually a competition going on. If you go to wpbuilds.com forward slash win or click the giveaways link in the main menu at the top of the, uh, the website, you can find that we've got a competition on at the moment for block party. So, yeah, maybe you want to enter that. Okay, last week I hinted at the fact that the podcast was going to change slightly. Prior to this, we've always had a discussion, then an interview, then an ending fact, all within the same podcast. And the podcast, frankly, were getting a little bit long. And I was reading some information which said that, generally speaking, people can't cope with a, a podcast or a television program, generally, of the length that our podcast had become. So David and I decided that instead of doing all of those three things in one episode, what we would do is we would do an interview one week a discussion another week, and then an interview, and then a discussion rather like that. So that's what we've decided to do. And in order that David and I don't run out of ideas, we've decided to occasionally let a guest on, a special guest come on and discuss something. So it's not an interview with that person, they just help contribute to the discussion, which is quite nice. And this week, we've got Paul Lacey on. Um, Paul Lacey is a um, somebody that's been on the podcast a couple of times. He's got an awful lot to say about this week's topic, which is do higher prices mean better clients? So yes, I hope you appreciate the new format. If not, please let us know. If you do, please let us know. 
And uh, yeah, really, really sincerely appreciate listening to our podcast very much indeed. I hope you enjoy it. And today's discussion is called, Does Higher Prices Mean Better Clients? And this one's a special one because we've got Paul Lacey from Dickie Bird Studios with us. So, Paul, I, I guess we know what we're talking about with this. We often hear it said that if you're too cheap, no one's going to take you seriously. And that often that the lower budget clients are as difficult as the higher budget clients. So maybe you'll kick us off with your thoughts on this. Yeah, sure. I mean, um, I think uh, it does come with the territory as a rule that, you know, the lower budget clients can be more of a problem than the higher budget clients in some situations. But actually, I think there's two, there's, for me, there's two, there's two important things. There is um, the mindset of the client and there is the process that uh, you've got as an agency or freelancer to, to run with, you know, to run with the project. Uh, so I think, you know, from the mindset of the client point of view, yeah. um, if you've got a client that <clears throat> has a low budget, but they've got a good mindset that they understand where they are at the moment in, with that budget that they know, or they're prepared to at least listen that, you know, with that budget that you've got there, you know, a thousand dollars or a thousand pounds or something, it's not going to get you very far, but we can get you started with something basic. And then you should look for some more money to do some marketing or something like that. That, that's okay, but if you've got a client with you know a thousand dollars and they think that that that's a great deal for you uh, as a de designer, then that's that's going to be problems. And at the same time with the with the the higher uh, price clients, I think that you can have one that has got a good budget, um, but has no direction or goals and is not prepared to actually you know listen to any of those or develop any. And then you can have a high uh, budget client that lasts for almost a year and doesn't get you very far and you're just you know leaking money everywhere from your own time budget um, and and then the, the process thing is, is super important because if you have a process that works great for higher budget clients it's going to be really difficult for you to scale that down you know you, you're basically naturally inclined to try and give a very bespoke service to a, a low budget client and and the bandwidth that you've got for error there is is going to be much less. You can you, you know have two phone call conversations with a client at a low budget, and you've probably give, given them the wrong expectations straight away. Whereas if you kind of had a more um, automated um, turnkey type approach to the smaller clients, where they got onboarded with you know this is how it works, this is what you'll get, etc., then I think you would probably end up with a more um, onboard client that understood what they were getting for the budget and then they were happy to be led by you and know that this was a starter project for them and that there was it was the beginning of their online journey and there was a lot more in the future for them. That's my thoughts in as in general, I suppose. I guess it kind of um, it revolves around what better means, doesn't it? The title of the podcast podcast this this time is do, you know do higher prices equal better clients um it's hard to know what the word better means for me better is somebody that kind of leaves you alone to be professional and get on with it uh no matter what the budget is so i've had clients who've paid me very little who have been really great clients because they've just left me alone and for the money that they're paying me i realize i can use this many hours and it's worked out fine 
equally. I've had clients who paid me an identical amount of money who just pester me and want everything to be exactly how they want it. And the flip side has worked. Now, I confess I've never had really, really high paying clients. You know, I, I don't go for government websites or, you know, the blue chip companies or anything like that. But I've had higher paying clients and exactly the same situation. You know, some of them perfect. They've got somebody dedicated, but that dedicated person has got better things to do than micromanage you. So they just let you get on with it. And the absolute opposite, you know, high paying clients who just never leave you alone and have that expectation that because I'm paying a lot of money, I need to get exactly what I want from you. And I don't care if it's going to kill you in the process. So there's it's difficult. Um, but my general feeling is what you said, Paul, at least if you've charged a decent amount of money, you've got that bandwidth as you called it you've got that capability to to for things to go wrong multiple times and it be okay whereas if it's a very cheap client and you've got my process I can't afford for things to go wrong too many times and I can't redesign this that and the other thing because they're not paying me enough but probably leading on to David actually this one he's got a process where that's what he needs he need he wants the the lower end clients because his process is geared towards that so maybe maybe david you could speak about that yeah well i think i made the decision i used to be really concerned you know listening to my peers about that i was the kind of person who was if you like racing to the bottom with my prices but i don't see it that way now because people who are paying the lower prices which i've i've actually gone for because they're the people who have come to me very easily I can get that work without having to spend time doing marketing so I've tried to find a process that will work where they only really pay for what they get and the expectations build days you know as I've probably mentioned before is what I charge so I charge for the time and they don't get any more of my time so and they book that time so they don't get beyond what they booked for so I I, in my experience it's the other way around even though I haven't had huge big jobs I did work for a government department and I did get involved in the early stages of a, a big web design <laughs> with them and you know I it just made me think I don't want that because it was all about the getting on board all of the various stakeholders and communicating through all the different levels of hierarchy in that organization that's what the build was all about and it was all consuming because you get sort of communication from all different angles on this even if you had a great system you know you still had a lot of people to talk to so my experience is the opposite in a way that it's the lower price uh, the lower budget clients that have been the better clients for me because they accept this sort of easily this system I've got where they really just pay for their time. I guess that's the point though, isn't it? Is that you've got a system um, and mm. you can funnel them down the system and they'll quickly work out that mm. their system isn't working for, for them because they're not able to ask a billion questions and to and fro and it's got to be done in this finite amount of time and here's the process and if you can't follow this, then probably we're not made for each other. It's a bit like, I don't know, in a way, it's somebody going to Squarespace and expecting Squarespace to make custom templates just for them because they're paying them $20 a month. It's not going to happen. Um, yeah. They're, they're going to have to go down your process. But yeah, I don't really have that. So I, mine, my process is basically conversational. You know, they send me some emails. I talk to them. I weed out of them what they need. 
what I think they're going to need. And in that way, we, we do it. And it, it could take a month just to have toing and froing of emails or phone conversations. Whereas for you, the process is get it all done in a finite amount of time in a day. Um, and, and it works well that way. Yeah, I, I guess the process is the thing, then not the client. Yeah. Do you know what yeah. was getting in the way uh, with for me was the fact that the, the the preamble before I was so rubbish at it, and some people are better, but it's it's defining the project or getting the brief before you start it was the problem. So whether it's going to be a low budget or high budget now, I say, well, it sounds to me like yours is going to be a three day build, where yours is going to be probably a one day build. But at the end of the day, I say, you know, buy the time and we'll start. I know what I can do, and that's roughly this. But whether you'll like it and whether it's all of what you want will depend up on you and how involved you get and it just gets us started without too much conversation which is where i think i needed to charge up higher for people who were talking about they just didn't know what they wanted i thought they were going to spend more money on just talking about the project rather than getting it started yeah for free I, yeah, yeah. For, <laughs> i guess that's another thing isn't it in that the, the the more money a client has, the the larger proportion of time you're going to spend just talking to them and meeting them in boardrooms and thrashing things out with countless people. And also the more the more people who'll have eyes on the project and have the ability to disagree with what you've done and come back and challenge what it is that you that you've implemented. Whereas with your model, I'm guessing, David, on the whole, you're dealing with one person always and that yes. one person is the, the person who decides everything they are the the important person in the room so that also makes it a lot easier whereas with the with the higher clients i'm often getting sorry the higher budget clients i'm often getting uh, well such and such said they want this blue in fact i've got an email sitting in my inbox at the minute which i'm not going to disclose the content of but it's exactly that it's a higher paying client and basically some other guy whose name I've never heard of before has written a laundry list of things they don't like. And I've no idea if that if I'm supposed to implement what they don't like or are they just yeah. telling me they don't like it. So there's another conversation I've got to have. So, yeah. 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 It's, it's not always the case, though, that the, um, the bigger companies have got more people involved. Um, the, the funny thing is I've picked up a couple of clients recently who are on um, more like good good value for me retainers rather than you know full site builds and they've found you know they, they're happy to pay you know 500 pounds a month or something for a certain amount of hours every month because they actually are short on human resource at their end they mm. don't actually mm. have people they they've got one marketing person who is struggling they they keep trying to hire someone. This is one company I'm thinking about in particular. They keep trying to hire someone. They get someone who's going to be hired, and then that person drops off for whatever reason and doesn't end up joining the company. And they're a really good client for me because they listen completely to my advice. You know, I've got a, like you, I've got a couple of emails in my inbox. I've got some staging to push live after we um, do the interviews today. Um, and they, you know, they said, can you put this in the sidebar? And I was like, well, maybe we should put it underneath the content. Da, da, da. And, then, and she was like, yeah, that, that sounds fine. Let's just do that. And there's no, there isn't. And I've got a couple of clients like that now that I've found tend to be within that small to medium enterprise, slightly bigger company, maybe 20 to 30 staff or something like that, where they're, they're still bootstrapping in a way, but at a different level than the startups, you know, they yeah. I am. Um, I think that that, as we discussed before we started recording, I think there's something to be said for the 
the success of the company uh, itself makes things a little bit more straightforward you know if you've got a if you've got a very successful one man business then the chances are they'll be tied up with their business and they'll kind of trust you a bit more uh, whereas if they're struggling and they've got a budget of say a thousand dollars a thousand pounds or something like that they're probably going to be sweating the details if you know if things if they're struggling a bit more and and everything's every penny is being watched they're, they're, I've I've certainly had experience that they're going to be a bit more hawkish with the way they deal with you um, yeah. and the same for sort of medium sized businesses if they're amazingly successful and they're doing really well that seems to take the the pressure off a little bit because the website is kind of ancillary it's not crucial it's not they're not thinking all the time this website's going to absolutely turn it around for us because it's already everything's sailing along nicely I don't know if that's something you've experienced it is yeah it is I mean um, I think the it goes and you can go down to the lower budget with that you can kind of say that let's say someone you know we, we kind of say that a low budget website let's say someone's got a thousand dollars you've got to weed out those that are don't have any success because they haven't started anything yet and they've maybe got an idea but really their project is a vanity project mm-hmm. they've just decided to spend it on this thing rather than a holiday you know yeah. they've, well they've, they've kind of somewhere else in their life they've shaved money off something else and that's how their that's how their budget has formed and mm-hmm. i think david's mm-hmm. process probably um helps filter those people out because you know it's it's clear with david's process that there is still work and conversations to have with a client that mm-hmm. aren't just basically i'll sit here and do whatever you want me to do for the thousand dollars you know which is mm-hmm. kind of if you haven't got experience in you know a good process for that you then you're just going to get a kind of vanity project type clients who just yeah. want to keep showing you other cool websites, which clearly cost 15 times more than their budget <laughs> and think that they can have it. <laughs> do, you, do you not think, um, you know, whether it's higher or lower prices that you, a lot of it is about how they view you and you can't really always control that. So even when I've had the higher jobs, which are thousands rather than the usual, which are hundreds, that I've still had an issue mostly when they see me as an implementer of their ideas oh yeah <laughs> and that, that's really what they see me as so the first jobs I did I'm sure I could have charged them much more but it wouldn't have made any difference because to me I was still just someone to do their will their ideas as they had them you can really sense that I think quite often in the tenor of the sometimes in just the text that they choose to write in an email or the contact form um you know the 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 use of certain verbs and things you know like you will um instead of please would you things like that kind of give it away i've had bucket loads of people like that who just i am the hired help um yes. and because i'm the hired help i am equivalent to one of their employees and sometimes you know to the to the point where it's almost like they think i'm on the payroll that's the way it is Yes, I'm paying you, so I I need no 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 by tomorrow. Oh, what? No, I can't. But I've got. <laughs> do, do you realise I've got other things going on? Not only my business, but my normal life. That I've had so many times, and I've no. I, I've no matter what I've tried to to do to weed that out. I've I've never been a hundred a hundred percent successful. The the nicest people can turn sour on the on the flip of a coin for some reason. I don't quite understand how that works. Yeah. yeah. 
it's the background things that are going on the pressure i guess it's whenever the pressure is on them i mean we we probably wrongly well we don't wrongly we probably don't assume but when we kind of get those kind of emails where we can't understand why someone's just turned into a demon and uh, in our inbox there's there's probably some um failings for themselves in their in whatever's gone wrong at their end they're in trouble or something like that it doesn't mean that they can pass that on to us but uh it, it feels like the more you know you, you wouldn't get that it's like we said earlier you wouldn't get squarespace won't get an email from someone because they've had a bad day at their office complaining yeah. about something yeah, exactly. that they want done <laughs> yeah, because but... squarespace has made it clear that this is how much you pay you do it all yourself and there's some support documents here and stuff but so it i think all of us have got like tons of bandwidth to improve our processes to you've still got to deal with people and people have good days and bad days and they can be reasonable and unreasonable the same as we can with our clients you know sometimes my clients might think what's wrong with him today <laughs> he normally said he'll do anything and suddenly i've got to fill out this form or something and and he's, he's not doing emojis today or whatever. Um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> where's the emojis gone? But, and, and that's like, I think that's like mixing the products you've got, the target client you like, and your person, your personal amount of experience in, in running those projects and how you've kind of tweaked that over time just to, to get that client we've probably gone way off um, no 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 <laughs> no I, I like I, I was going to interject with a question actually and I suppose it's a question for both of you because it's it's kind of the golden the golden thing isn't it everybody wants to be able to weed out the the clients who are not not somebody you want to work with Do you, what what David maybe take this one first because I think yours will be easy to describe and then maybe if Paul takes it on afterwards um What's your process for for vetting clients because there's always going to be ones that you don't want. And there's always going to be ones that you'd be more than happy to work with. What's what's your process? I know that you probably talked about it a few times, David, but if you could just elucidate it again. Yeah, well, most simple. In a way, there is no vetting because the, the, it's, it's, it's nothing really until they've actually paid for some time of mine. And that's it. No, really. but that, that yeah, is yeah. the ultimate, I think. Yes, don't, yeah. you, don't you think that that is literally the best vetting you can possibly do? <laughs> it's, uh, I mean, you might end up with a nightmare client later, but at least they're a nightmare client who's actually paid you something already. Yeah, and in the short term as well, because you know, I don't. Well, I require that they don't book more than one day in one go. So I, I really, a one day is one week period. So we do one day a week generally with it. So if it's gone horribly wrong after the first day, I would say, you know, cut your losses now. You paid for our time go you know it's not happened yet but that's how i'd get out of it mm. and yeah. paul um well it's to be honest with the uh recently i joined the wp elevation i'm I literally just started but um that's helped a lot to figure out where i was betting some clients incorrectly or at least um it kind of was enlightening to why some projects go well and some projects don't go so well so i think um my vetting for low budget clients is so bad that I've decided to not just just literally forward on those clients to someone else for the time being and and where that where those low budget clients were you know paying for the paying for the bills you know on top of the supplementing the the larger projects and stuff I'm just going to replace those with um white label where my onboarding and vetting is very easy you know, it's kind of 
um, it's it's like subcontracting, so the the, com the the complexity is much simpler. But with with the larger clients, it's it's easier because I am able to sell a process, and we've got some you know success stories and stuff like that. So we're able to position ourselves a little bit easier. But we haven't you know yet got enough um, pipeline for those bigger projects to just be the only thing we do. So hence you know we we're supplementing with white label and, and low budget clients. But I was realizing you know my low budget clients couldn't be one of my white label clients because they wouldn't pay the person who was hiring me enough money yep. to then hire me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that's where I realized I was, you know, doing, doing something wrong. So I don't know. Um, vetting for the low, the lower budget clients is just so poor that I realized, you know, you have to have some kind of system like David's got, or if you haven't got that, you're probably at the beginning of your kind of freelancing type life and you're you're gaining life experience from doing those, mm. you know, learning all the mistakes. Mm. So, so but, yeah, it's, I probably didn't really answer it too no, much. No, 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 that's fine. The, the process that I've got is largely, I think, probably derived. I can't remember which bits because it's a while since I did WP Elevation, but I think it largely comes from there. The um, one of the fields on my contact form, or the, it's not even the contact form, it's the would you like to work with us form, I can't remember what it's called, uh, is a budget field and it's a select box and I've deliberately put the numbers in there to be quite high. So, you know, if you've got 500 quid as a project, that's not even an option. So in, in that way, that kind of weeds out a few people. Uh, I've had a little bit of kickback on that. People e actually email emailing me and saying, "Well, do you work with anybody with a smaller budget?" But on the whole, that select box just simply means I don't get those inquiries. So I don't know how many people are, are drop off at that point, but presumably some people. And also the other thing was make the make that form slightly, how should we say it, slightly complex so that there's a barrier to filling it out and anybody who would actually like to work with me uh, has to spend, I don't know what it would take. In all honesty, it's probably going to take 20 minutes to fill it out, but it's a 20-minute period that an awful lot of people just simply won't go through. And I use a gravity form with the little page indicator at the top, so it, you know, it shows you that you're 20% through. And I think it's five five pages, should we call them, each involving two or three questions and some um, some paragraph fields where they've got to write freeform text. And that, that seems to work quite well for me. Although I did notice at the beginning when I implemented that, things did drop off a little bit because I think suddenly, like I said, people who had a lower budget who I was working with were uh, simply not filling it in. So it's a swings and roundabouts. You could have two of those, I suppose, one for your low budget clients and one for your high budget clients and see how that works but i've only got the one and it it, it works ish for me i'd say yeah. yeah what about this as a vetting process anyone who signs out with kind regards oh what they're in <laughs> they're, or they're out they're out why kind really regards. <laughs> just don't like that <laughs> <laughs> no i just wondered if you you we were talking about picking up on what people say in their emails and the kind of subtleties in their language. When I see kind regards at the end of an e email, I always think, oh, they might be problematic. They might be a bit stuffy. Ah, oh, that's fascinating. But yeah, you, the type of language is crucial, isn't it? Yeah. The One of the things that I like to do right off the bat is as soon as that contact form has come in, 
Uh, and I realized, do you know what? This seems, you know, you poke around a little bit, don't you? You go to their current domain and you see what their mm-hmm. business is and you kind of work out, okay, they've got like 20 employees or it's just one guy who's faking it or whatever. Yeah. Um, is get on the do phone. Do they look nice? Yeah, yeah, well, yeah that's find the right. Find yeah. the on the team page. <laughs> do they look nice? That's yes, right. They look yeah, nice. they look nice. Yeah, <laughs> then you realize it's some stock photo of some guy holding a phone. Um, the, the, the thing for me is getting on the phone. I've, I've always been a, a reasonably good talker uh, mm. and I've also I, I also don't really tend to fall out with people verbally you know I can't remember the last time I had a proper argument with anybody um, so me for me getting on the phone is fairly crucial and you I think you can work out in 10 minutes what you could spend six weeks doing in an email so I have a I have a stock email which simply says it's what are they called in gmail canned responses isn't it something yeah. like that um, which says, look, this is great. I'm, you sent me the form, perfect. Everything, everything looks great. Let's let's have a chat, because I can figure out more in half an hour with you on the phone than I can with emails. And I just send that off, and um, invariably a phone call comes out of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you know what David said about kind regards. I mean, I, I'm cool with kind regards. That doesn't bother me that one. That, but the one, the the, the thing in that that really. Uh, I don't know what it is. It just affects me in some negative way is um, just my name at the top of an email. So it's like Paul, comma, and then Ooh. I, I don't know. I don't like that. <laughs> so what do we need? Dear Paul. Dear yeah, Mr. There's no, there's no hi, Paul. There's no dear Paul. There's hello, Paul, you know, and uh, dear Mr. Lacey. <laughs> but, you know, it's just Paul. And then the instruction, you know, you just feel like, oh, so a killer email just added would start and I Paul so and much more responsive. <laughs> yeah Paul well, just... do this now kind regards and then no name <laughs> no sign off <laughs> oh, well I, the one I hate is hey there you know <laughs> I can't even oh. remember my name so it's just like yeah yeah just... that that indicates to me a kind of generic email doesn't it um I yeah, try to send as greeting. few oh, of gosh. those generic emails yeah. as possible and even the canned response emails I always put in a, a like a big section of j- the way that I deal with it with my canned response emails is, and I should say that a canned response isn't some sort of automation. It's basically you click a button in Gmail and it fills up what your email could look like, but it doesn't automatically send it or fill in merge tags or anything like that. I populate the email with loads and loads of underscores. So for example, it might say dear underscore 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 comma. And then I'll just have a paragraph. The introductory paragraph is always underscores. And it's just telling me, don't write an email with just generic stuff. At least make the effort to like mm. work out who they are and say, look, I've just been looking on your website. I particularly like the this page or that page, but I can see what you're on about. It's a bit dated and so on. Um, I think that's quite important. And it builds that relationship because if you if you just send off automated stuff all the time, it's so obvious. Hey, hey can yeah. I just flip the question that we asked, which was, does higher prices mean better clients? Does better clients mean lower prices for us? Will we drop if there's a great client, do you think? Um, my process, as, as good as it is, I think would would determined that I wouldn't I would try not to I mean the the problem would be is that how would I go through working out that they were a great client without um without the discussion about the price if you know what I mean I've yet to do that but obviously if somebody came along and 
maybe I was feeling it was like a philanthropic thing or a charity or something. That could certainly swing it for me. But I just if, did, yeah, <laughs> sorry, I asked that because I was thinking of Paul because we did a little strip down together, ah. and uh, that was on a job. It's a website actually... strip down, just to yeah. Be clear. <laughs> 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 Yeah. Sorry, so Paul, you go for it. Um, I, I would say yes, because, but in a, in, but in a slightly different way that I will always, if someone is nice, because I think I'm quite nice, uh, that I that I will respond to that better, and I'll just be um, more inclined to want to help them, um, because that's what a lot of us want to do. You know, when there's there's a lot of web design designers out here that. Uh, yeah, we want money and everything, but actually, it's we like the job because we get lots of praise <laughs> along the way. But I would, if a client is seems like they're going to be a good client, while I might drop a price at the beginning, I would be expecting that they're um, listening to the idea of lifelong um, partnership, um, or not lifelong, but you know, a, a longer term partnership whereby we'll say okay we'll do this bit now and because you're such a you know you listen to everything I say and you're a nice person I'm going to suggest that we do this in stages so we do this bit now at the budget you've got and then we naturally do that other bit that you talked about but you're probably not ready for in the next quarter and that we kind of say let's dedicate this much to this quarter and we'll do that now that thing that you know you need now and let's sort of say you know no no pressure to do this but you've got Let's put aside a imaginary, you know, bit of budget in this part of the year and an imaginary bit of the budget in that part of the year because I think that you need to do those things and you also think that too. So let's, and then then you can potentially get that um, that kind of uh, lifetime value of a of a good client um, uh, on the basis of compromising that something that actually works well for everybody. Mm, I think. So, but I think... but in terms of like someone who just wants to. Um, negotiate a lower price that's not the same thing I don't think yeah I, I think that's a very persuasive argument Paul actually I think you've made a, a, a moral position and I, I agree with it uh, I've just yet to sort of do it I, I kind of work out that they're nice during the project um, and that, that tends to work well and it just keeps things on track but I've, I've yet to lower the price on the basis of somebody being being nice at the outset that's something i need to look at possibly because well, it, i've offered discounts yeah as well yeah so. stress more stress-free lifestyle isn't it if somebody's nice at the other end and you know you're going to get along with them absolutely yeah, yeah but I'm, I'm with yeah. you hey guys we're at 30 minutes which is kind of our sweet spot do yeah. you do you feel that there's something crucial you want to say or should we knock it on the head yeah, knock it on the head. <laughs> knock it on the head. Okay, in we which, all know what that means. Yeah, let's. Yeah. Let, well, actually, funnily enough, there was a few people in the Facebook group that wanted to know. Well, yes. they did, they worked it out what it meant, but that's good. All right, in that case, thank you for listening to the WP Builds podcast. Once again, you got to the end. So normally we would go for an interview, and normally we would have an ending fact and all that, but we're changing it around a little bit. If you listened to the beginning, you probably knew that. So this is going to be the end of today's podcast. Thank you for listening. If you go to wpbuilds.com and use the buttons underneath the player, that really helps us out. Those iTunes reviews are fab. We really appreciate them. We've got quite a, quite a few more in the last few months than we had before, so greatly appreciated. But other than that, it's just time for me to say goodbye, Nathan Wrigley. And me, David Wormsley. 
and um, meet Paul Lacey. Yes, Yay. very good. Great. Nice to have you on, Paul. That was brilliant. And we'll see you again next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.